0: welcome to our podcast it's great to have you with us i'm father patrick wainwright ever wondered how it is possible for an institution like the catholic church to exist uninterruptedly for more than 2020 years in spite of brutal external persecutions and even interior struggles and crises ever wondered how little girls, like St. Agnes, who lived in the 3rd century AD, were able to face brutal tortures like fire and being beheaded and accept death for Christ at the age of 12? Is, Is that even humanly possible? Well, all that is possible, and it happens by the invisible action of the Holy Spirit, both in the Catholic Church and in the individual, faithful, right? And all that is what we'll speak about today in our episode about the Holy Spirit. (music) Last episode, we spoke about the Holy Spirit and how He was revealed by God in the Scriptures. During the life of our Lord, the Holy Spirit made Himself visible in different ways as a white dove, as a cloud full of light, as tongues of fire coming on the apostles, and as a strong wind. Even Jesus Christ spoke clearly about the Holy Spirit, indicating that he would send the Holy Spirit down on his apostles after his ascension into heaven. The clearest revelation of the entire Holy Trinity, including the Holy Spirit, was when our Lord said to his apostles toward the end of his life on this earth, before ascending into heaven, in Matthew 28, 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So if you want to go more in depth about the third person of the Holy Trinity, I encourage you to listen to my previous episode which is number 46 and there i speak about how the holy spirit was revealed and who is the holy spirit how is this third person of the holy trinity now today i send. i will center a little bit more on some of the main actions of the holy spirit in the world in fact the holy spirit continues the mission of jesus christ in the world that is to help bring about the salvation of man So here are some scripture verses that will help us know how the Holy Spirit works in the world. The first quote is a comparison that we find on the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 4, verses 26 through 33. Our Lord said, The kingdom of God is as if a man were to scatter seed on the land, and would sleep and rise night and day, And the seed would sprout and grow, he knows not how. Of its own accord, the land yields fruit first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And when the grain is ripe, he wields a sickle at once, for the harvest has come. A second quote is from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 3, verse 8. Our Lord said the wind blows where it wills and you can hear the sound it makes but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. We also read that during the Last Supper our Lord spoke about the Holy Spirit to his apostles and among many other things In the Gospel of St. John, chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, he said, I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And later, he also said, chapter 14, verse 26 of the same Gospel of St. John, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, Whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And finally, St. Paul wrote to the Romans in chapter 8, verse 26 The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. Now there are many other quotations from scripture that illustrate still more the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, from these and many other teachings of the Gospels and from tradition and from the teachings of the Church Fathers, the Catholic Church has learned and taught what was and what is the action of the Holy Spirit in the world. First of all, He has inspired, of course, the sacred writers of the books of the Bible to put into writing what God wanted them to write. Apart from that, he also brought about the incarnation of the the Word of God and he anointed Jesus as the Messiah. Moreover, after the ascension of the Lord into heaven, the Holy Spirit came down to the world and to the church, particularly in the Feast of Pentecost, in the the form of tongues of fire. However, from the time of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit works in two fundamental ways in the world. First, He works in the Church, the Church of Christ, the Catholic Church, vivifying it and giving it strength and life. But also He works in the individual souls, sanctifying us, helping us to grow in the love of God, and in that way, that we may be able to be holy and reach our salvation. Now, I will develop these two last ideas a little bit more. The fact that he works in the church and that he works in the individual soul. So it is on Pentecost that the more evident and visible action of the Holy Spirit began. Before, of course, he already existed. And he appeared and he worked, let's say, in the Old Testament and in the life of Christ. But Once Christ ascended into heaven, then he sent the Holy Spirit in Pentecost. And from Pentecost onwards, his action became more prominent, if you want. Pentecost happened 50 days after the resurrection of the Lord. Now, what happened that day is that the risen and glorified Jesus, now in heaven, poured out the Holy Spirit in abundance on the apostles. In other words, on the Church, the Catholic Church, the Church established by Christ, and revealed Him, the Holy Spirit, as the divine person. So that is why we say that in Pentecost, the whole Trinity was finally, completely, and clearly revealed, right? The Church now had the, the humanity had the clear perception that there's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. From that day on, The mission of Christ and the mission of the Holy Spirit became now the mission of the Catholic Church. So now the Church founded on the Apostles is sent to proclaim the gospel of salvation and make known to all men the fact that we can have a communion with the Holy Spirit, that we can be saved, that we can be holy. As the Catechism says, In number 747, the Spirit builds, animates, and sanctifies the Church. So, as some ancient writers have said, the Holy Spirit is like the soul of the Catholic Church. And therefore it is thanks to the Spirit of God that the Church is united, in spite of the many differences that there are among its members because of cultures and languages and sometimes even uh, idiosyncrasies and personalities and so forth. It is also thanks to the Holy Spirit that the church continues to exist century after century in spite of the terrible and bloody persecutions in which thousands of its members were killed, sometimes within within a year. It is thanks to the Holy Spirit that the church is a channel of grace in the world. So the church is, thanks to the Holy Spirit, a means of sanctification. This is why we say the Holy Catholic Church, right? It doesn't mean that all the members are necessarily holy at the same time and every time. It means that the church becomes a means, a channel of holiness in the world, a channel of sanctification. And this happens through the seven sacraments that Christ gave to the church. And therefore this is how the Holy Spirit makes us holy and it is only through those sacraments that we have the certainty of receiving the grace of God. The Holy Spirit inspires the church to maintain its fidelity to the teachings of Christ by strengthening the leaders of the church and also by inspiring its members, all the baptized faithful, to embrace the truths of faith in spite of the fact that many times those truths are humanly very difficult to accept. Finally, the Holy Spirit assists the magisterium of the church to always preserve intact, interpret, and teach faithfully everything that Christ has revealed to the world. In other words, the Holy Spirit assists, and this term is an important word that we should use and maintain the holy spirit assists the teaching authority of the church which resides on the holy father the pope and on the bishops in union with him so that whenever they teach officially officially in the name of christ and in the name of the apostles they will remain faithful to the truths taught by christ now what is important there is that the it is by the Holy Spirit that the magisterium is faithful to Christ, to his teachings. But that doesn't mean that every single word that a bishop or a holy father says will always be infallible. It means that they in their teaching and their documents and the encyclicals, etc., especially in the in the dogmas dogmas of faith, they will remain faithful to the Holy Spirit, sorry, remain faithful to Christ, faithful to Christ thanks to the action of the Holy Spirit. Now, on the other hand, the Holy Spirit also works invisibly in each individual soul. Because through baptism, the Holy Spirit cleanses us from all sin. He makes us members of the mystical body of Christ and begins to dwell in our soul as in a temple through baptism. So from that moment on, and as long as we don't place any obstacles to his action... The Holy Spirit strengthens us to do what is good. He inspires good thoughts in us, good desires and good intentions. And that is how he begins to work in our soul. He is the true source of every good thing that we do. If we continue to cooperate with his action, if we open our minds and our hearts to his interior emotions or inspirations, then he will help us to put our good inspirations into action. Moreover, he will then make those actions fruitful. So from the very beginning, with those good inspirations, all the way through the, if you want, production of a good work or a spiritual fruit, it is the Holy Spirit that is working always in us, working with us and working for us so that we may glorify God and get to be completely united to God, in a word, to be holy. So, recapping a little bit, it is the Holy Spirit who brings about our conversion to Christ and the faith. It is the Holy Spirit as well who infuses in us the life of God, sanctifying grace, and so makes us sharers in the divine nature of God, as St. Peter says in his second letter, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, right? he speaks about sharing in the divine nature of God, becoming like God. And through that sharing of the divine nature, then the Trinity itself begins to dwell in our hearts and in our soul as in a temple. So the Holy Spirit is the one who gradually, through His inspirations and interior motions, makes us grow in that sanctifying grace. He helps us to grow in the virtues of faith, of hope, the virtue of love. And it is finally the Holy Spirit who brings about our sanctification in every virtue, uniting us more and more with God, infusing in us the gifts, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, and making them grow in us. He it is who works in us and through us so as to glorify God in the world and help other people reach their salvation in Christ. So let us pray frequently to the Holy Spirit. Let us pray frequently so that he may continue to inspire the church and vivify the church so that we may always have a church that is faithful to Christ. We need to pray for that intention. But also we need to pray so that the Holy Spirit may help us grow in holiness so that the Holy Spirit so that we may be open to his action and that his action may be fruitful in us we need to pray for this although you know the Holy Spirit wants to do this he wants us also to pray and ask for that intention it is with thanks to the Holy Spirit that we have faith indeed as St Paul writes we would not have Faith without the Holy Spirit. He says in the first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 3, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So without Him, we couldn't be saved. Without His action, the Catholic Church would have disappeared long ago. So in a word, without the Holy Spirit, we could never receive God's grace or be saved. So let us be thankful to the Holy Spirit. Let us have devotion to the Holy Spirit. Let us pray frequently to the Holy Spirit and be grateful that He continues to work in us and through us in this world. So, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions about this or any other episode, don't hesitate to send me an email at info at fourcollegecatholics.org. I'd love to hear from you. And if you can... Leave a review in Apple Podcasts so that others may be able to listen as well, thanks to your reviews. And even now you can do so in Spotify. You can rate this podcast and encourage others to listen. May God bless you, and we will see you next time.